When you hire somebody that knows your business and your business model backwards and forwards, that's where if you go all in, you see the success. Don't see the success so much if you're trying to tweak things to make them work because what the coach is laying down isn't exactly what you need. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. On today's episode, I have super badass business owner, Jennifer Anastasi. Jennifer is an engineer turned brand strategist that empowers service providers to find that clear brand and online presence using her background in tech mixed with creativity. Her superpower is turning the intimidating into easy to understand ideas. She is also one of my star students in the No BS Agency Mastery Program, who had a take-no-prisoners approach when it came to implementing the No BS Agency model into her business. And today, she is going to open the kimono and share her journey of what it was like to go from self-employed, working with clients in that old default model where projects took six, nine months and went on and on forever— to shrinking it down into just a couple of days, sometimes just one day intensive. She's going to share why she didn't do a lead product at first, even though she read it in my book, and how it changed the game for her when she finally decided to go for it, follow the model, implement the lead product, and what happened. If you've been listening to this podcast or watching my videos, wondering what it really looks like for somebody else to implement this model, you're definitely going to want to listen to this. Jennifer spills the beans on what was hard about it, what worked, what didn't work, and where she is today. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Jennifer, you are my star student. I am just beyond thrilled to have watched your evolution. Um, You've done such an incredible job. Obviously, most of that is just your own dedication and uh, determination to make your business work, which anyone who's been listening to my podcast knows is like one of the number one things that I (laughs) admire and respect about people. Take us back to the very beginning. Like when when did you start your business and, and why? So fun story. I did not plan on starting my own business. I originally started because I got laid off from a corporate job and I wanted flexibility in all the jobs that I was applying to. Like they just didn't have any flexibility whatsoever. So I was like, other people are doing this. I'm more qualified than they are. I'm better at this than they are. So if they can do it, then I can do it too. And I had no idea. I had no clue what was going to happen and just sort of said, sure, let's do this. Oh, my God. You and I are the exact same person. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I did too. No idea what I'm doing, but other people are doing it. How hard can it be? How hard could it possibly be? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good way to do things, right? Like, well, if they're doing it, what? Sure. (laughs) And honestly, it was the best thing because I think if I had known (laughs) 
what I was getting into, I might have been a little bit more like, well, let's think this one through. But I was like, really, I can do websites. I can do them. No problem. What I learned is that I was really, really good at creating websites. I have a master's degree in software engineering. I had a web development focus. So I was really, really good at that stuff. But there's a lot of entrepreneurial stuff that I had no idea what the heck I was doing when I first started and sort of realized very quickly that, hey, you have to have a way of having clients kind of come through the door. And I definitely struggled with that at first. So what did you try in the beginning? Well, originally I just went on Facebook and kind of like put it out there. I like created a website. I was like, yeah, I'll just create a website and people will come to it and they'll hire me because they'll see how amazing I am and it'll be great. And then realized that doesn't work. So I got on social media. I started talking to a lot of people and I got my first couple of clients through that. I joined a BNI chapter and I got some clients that way, but I didn't have sort of that rush of clients that I thought I would have. And I realized just how hard it is to find the right people too, because I was talking to a lot of the wrong people at the same time. And I worked with some fantastic people who were great, but maybe weren't in a great position to hire me at the time. So I learned a lot about other people's businesses at the same time. And what made somebody the right person or the wrong person to you? What did you learn by working with different people? Like who, who's a good client, you know? I think that when somebody hires somebody to do a very professional looking website, they have to be in a certain place in their business. They have to know what they're selling and they have to know a little bit about how to market themselves. Some of the people that I talked to didn't have fully fleshed out programs. They didn't really know who their audience was. And so they would spend thousands of dollars on a beautiful website, but without knowing how to get people to that website and without really understanding who their target market was, it just didn't work very well. Because back then I was only doing websites. I wasn't doing any of the other stuff that I do now, which all came from working with these clients and saying, whoa, they need way more than a website. This website's not going to serve them if they don't have the other pieces in place. I had a similar experience. So what did you do with that information? You're talking to these people. They're coming to you for websites. They want to pay you for websites. They need all this other stuff. You're not offering it. What did you end up doing? Well, I used the pandemic sort of as a giant reset button. So my daughter's daycare shut down, as a lot of daycares across the country did. And I had a very inquisitive three-year-old that was not willing to play quietly on her own while mama did her business. So I was sort of forced to take some time off, which was a good thing. And it let me sort of reevaluate everything. And I was like, you know what? I have a software engineering background and this branding stuff is so similar to a lot of the things that I had been doing before. It was just in a different context. So I did everything I could to learn the context for branding and picked it up really quickly like how to how to create a brand strategy and then sort of relaunched my business with that goal in mind saying you know what I'm going to do the branding and the websites because without the brand my clients just are not going to get what they need they need this 
And yes, it might be even harder to find clients who understand that they need the branding. But the funny thing is I haven't found that at all. I've found that since I've added the branding piece, I'm working with better clients because they understand that they need that. And they're like right in the perfect position to work with me. Totally. And you actually get to help them instead of just giving them the thing that they think that they need that's not going to help them, which is so fresh to kind of like, it's not very fulfilling. Yeah. It's so hard when you work really hard on a brand and on a website and you pour your heart and soul into it and you design this beautiful thing and it looks great and you know with all your heart that it's amazing and then nothing really happens with it because it's just not the right thing for where they're at in their business. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, we started more in design, but you know, people would hi- hire us for logos. It's like this logo isn't going to do anything for you. No, you need <laughs> you a little bit anything more. Anything else? So, I love it. I find a lot of people in whether you're in websites or design or marketing, if you are really coming from a place of how do I solve my client's problem? Where's the value? You end up going into the strategic part because you have to. Like if you're gonna do marketing and they don't have a brand, it's like, well, let's just fix this first. If you're gonna do a website, but they don't have a brand, well, we gotta do this part first. If you want a logo, but you don't have a brand, I just explained this to my friend last night. I'm like, your logo, what do you want a logo for? (laughs) It's like, this is neither here nor there. Don't waste your money. Yeah, it's one of those foundational building blocks that every business needs. And like, you don't need the fancy stuff, but you have to have a pretty decent idea of who you serve and what you do and what makes you different. You have to have the basics there. And it's something that like, I didn't know when I started. And I think you figure it out along the way, but it takes a little minute to get there. Yes, I totally agree. Okay, so then tell me, I know before we worked together, you started doing intensives of some capacity. Yes. Tell me tell me how you decided to do that and what did that look like? So at the time I was like, you know, this isn't really working for me. I don't like the six-month projects. They were dragging on and there was always something that would happen that would make it like last an extra month or two extra months. And I just got so tired of it. And then I read your book and I was like, wait a minute, this sounds like something that could work for me. Oh, I didn't know you got the idea from my book. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. So I was like, I'm totally going to do this. I'm going to do intensives. And I took a training that someone else did on intensives, um, which was different. It wasn't for websites, but it was like, here's how to do VIP days. And I was like, I'm going to do that. Not quite the same thing. So it didn't really work out as well as I would have hoped it would have worked out. Why didn't it work out? What what were you doing and what wasn't working about it? So what would happen is I would talk to the client and we didn't do a lead product really. So we would just talk. We would do like a strategy session type of a thing, but it wasn't super focused. And then I would build the website with my client from scratch the day of the intensive. And it would have been fine if my clients didn't have opinions. And my clients would come (laughs) in and because we were building it from scratch and they saw the empty page, they wanted to take their paintbrush and paint on the empty page. Of course. Which makes sense. But then I would sit there and be like, well, I 
understand you're looking at a blank page, but I have this built in my head already because I know what's going to work and I know what's not going to work. And we would end up making all these little fine tweaks that honestly didn't make a big difference to the, the overall project, but we wasted all that time. And then the end of the intensive would roll around. We would only have a couple pages done. And then I would have to say, hey, look, we didn't finish your website. We need to book more time. And that was really frustrating for me. It was frustrating for the client because they thought one day and I'm done. And they were like, wait, but I thought we'd be finished by now. And so it just wasn't working the way I wanted it to work. I wanted the client to show up I wanted them to love their website and be done at the end of the day. And it wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah, that's awkward. If if a client thinks it's going to yeah. be one price and then, I mean, nobody wants to tell somebody, hey, to finish this, you have to pay more. <laughs> well, and I wasn't even charging for the extra, which is what was so oh, frustrating gosh. for me. <laughs> that's I was even worse. Like, We're going to just do this another four hours next oh, week. No. Let's do yeah. it. And I was like, oh, man. I'm not even getting paid for this because I felt like it was on me that we didn't finish it on time. Yeah, right. Okay. Got it. And you weren't doing a lead product. But Jennifer, you read my book. Why weren't you doing I a know. lead product? This is when I learned that some people just give bad advice. I had hired a business coach who told me it was a bad idea. And I had the whole <laughs> thing worked out. I had a whole website ready to launch with this lead product. And the business coach I was working with at the time said, this is a horrible idea. Don't do it. So I didn't. Oh, weird. I wonder why. Oh, I have to interview it was a that very, business coach. <laughs> yeah, it was a very traditional business coach who was very okay. into traditional ways of Fair. doing things. And he had launched a lot of successful companies and they had done brand strategy for those companies. And he was like, this is not how this is done. And then sent me a bunch of proposals that he had gotten from companies over the years and said, you need to be more like this. And I was like, but everything I know about branding is that you don't want to be like everybody else. You want to be your own thing. <laughs> how does this make sense? Got so it. I kind of wish I'd okay. stuck to my guns there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's hard in the business. I mean, no judgment here. I am such a, especially in the early days when you don't know what, like, you don't know exactly what your opinion is because you haven't done enough of it. I remember just following people and yeah. I would talk to one person and they really seemed like they knew what they were doing. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do that. And and you and I are similar. We're like all in. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm all in that way. And then you go for a while and if it doesn't work, then you're like, okay. And you look around, you're like, I'm all in that way. <laughs> well, and I think it could be a good thing. Yeah. It's a great thing if you're all in with the right person. And that's something that I learned from taking your program that I'm not a coach. I'm a service provider. And I sort of, right before I joined your program, I realized that I had been hiring a lot of the wrong people that would say, well, I work with coaches, service providers, consultants, I work with all these people. And then they would teach me how to do things as if I were a coach. And I've oh. learned that coaches and service providers need very, very different things. Amen. <laughs> That's why we like to specialize. And I am yes. with you whenever I'm hiring someone. I'm like, 
you work with how how many people? Huh? Like how many different groups? I don't think so. (laughs) No. And then when you hire somebody that knows your business and your business model backwards and forwards, that's where if you go all in, you see the success. Don't see the success so much if you're trying to tweak things to make them work because what the coach is laying down isn't exactly what you need. Totally. And I find actually like these people aren't doing this on purpose actually and 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 anybody listening too like if you're working with lots of different kinds of people you from your perspective you're just doing your best for everybody exactly it's, it's easy to not see how by doing that you may be doing them all a disservice because you're getting muddled with your strategies because yeah from the from if you don't know like branding or business strategy, selling coaching and selling a service. Well, you're just selling things, right? To people. It's like, no, so different. <laughs> so, yeah. So and different. I think a lot of people mean so well and they really believe that what they're doing is the right thing. And for a certain group of people, absolutely 100% is. That's a, a great lesson to be learned. Um, okay. So Jennifer, you were in it from the beginning. Yes. You were my ride or die. (laughs) So you joined us. I mean, you also saw the whole thing come about, right? Right in front of your eyes. And the first thing we did was implement the lead product. So so you were like, okay, well, first of all, I need you to share your attitude when you came into this program because I think it was really powerful. All right. So I am... I had worked with business coaches and I had been in programs, but again, they weren't exactly the right fit and I had modified everything. So when the coach would say, do this, in my head, I would say, well, is that really for me because I'm not exactly the person that they're talking to? So it gave me an out. It was an easy out for me to be like, oh, I don't have to do everything exactly as this person says. And so there's probably some advice that I shouldn't have applied that to, and I did. So with this program, I was like, no, no, no. Pia works with people who are exactly like me. There is no modifying anything. And I made the decision from the second I signed up that I was going to implement everything exactly as you told me to do it. I was not going to modify anything. I was going to trust the process and just go for it. And I figured what's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't work. Been there, done that. I'll figure something else out. But what if it does work? So I came in with that attitude of, I'm just going to do everything she tells me to do. No matter how uncomfortable it makes me, I'm just going to do it and we're going to see what happens. Oh my God. I love that so much, obviously. (laughs) That's why you're my my favorite because that's that's the attitude that one must take if you're going to embark on a new strategy. You need to go all in on it, you know, and, and commit so that you can learn the whole process and then you make it yours. Like Exactly. I agree if you kind of like are choosy about what you apply, then you can't really know if it's work, you know, that if it's not working because you didn't do half of the stuff. And I remember distinctly like a, a month or two in um, when stuff started to happen, you were like, it's been uncomfortable, Pia. I didn't want to do it, but I did. I said I was going to do it. <laughs> and yep. look what's going on. It's like... 
Thank you, Jennifer. What what happened when you first started doing the LP stuff and the reach outs? So the reach outs were really hard for me because this is going to sound crazy because you know me so well, but I'm actually an introvert. And so reaching out to people is one of the scariest things that I can do. And it just terrifies me. And I really, really did not want to do the reach outs. But I promised myself that I was going to do them. So I did. And I was really surprised with the results that I got. Um, I had a lot of people who I talked to that were like, well, it's not exactly me, but I know some people. Let me get you in touch with them. I was surprised at the results because I had been networking for a long time and not seeing a whole lot come back from that. And I realized I hadn't been asking for things. And so when I did the reach outs and I actually said, hey, I've been doing all this stuff for you. I've been connecting you to all these people. Do you know anyone that would fit this? Because I know I can help them. It ended up working out really, really well. And I got a lot of positive feedback and a great response to the reach outs, which was great. That's awesome. And then when did you start doing the LPs and what was that experience like? Well, I sold my first LP before I knew what the LP was, which was fantastic. Um, That's how we like it. (laughs) That was a fun experience. They literally on the phone were like, well, what exactly is this? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to figure it out together. So it was fun. The first couple ones were a challenge um, because I was just figuring it out. But I booked seven of them in like a three or four week period. So they were just one right after the other. And then by the time probably the fourth and fifth one rolled around, I was like, I got this to the point where now I can do them. And they're always changing. I'm always adding questions. I'm always sort of changing things a little bit as I get more experience. And as I sort of shift things a little bit, I learn questions I wish I had asked. So I'll go back and I'll add them in. But now I'm really comfortable with it because I did so many and it was just like trial by fire. It's the best way to learn. Like You can know you can only have the framework, like it's the delivery of it that makes it yours. And I love that you're um, iterating on it because that's how I think anybody builds their unique model is through the iteration process and okay how can i make this better i love that you're saying that like this is is exactly how i would recommend anybody do it what was your experience uh with the clients like what did you think the client experience was of these lps it totally changed things because after the lp i knew exactly what the client needed Before, when I was pitching, and I know this is something you talk about all the time, it felt like a blind pitch because I only talked to them for like a half hour. And I I was talking to them about the pain points, but I let them guide the conversation. And so for me to ask the questions and to guide the conversation in a more strategic way, I knew, okay, you need this type of brand not this one. And I ended up going in very different directions than I think I would have gone if I hadn't had that experience. Plus, we already had the rapport. We had the relationship. They knew that I was going to listen to them. They knew that I was, they knew I understood their business better than anybody else because I had done the lead product. So when I did come to them and say, okay, this is what it's going to cost you for me to implement this, 
it wasn't a big ask for me because I knew that they were going to get exactly what they needed instead of feeling like it was a guess. So interesting. So usually I think of it like they know they're going to get what they need because it's not a big guess. But you said you knew it. Did it help your confidence in pitching like like higher price packages or like what was that like? It totally changed my mindset because I've learned that if you're not confident in what you're selling and you're not confident in your pricing, you're never going to sell the thing. And that's something I had struggled with when I was in the past, like when I had tried to raise my prices, I wasn't super confident in it because I couldn't, I knew it was a good thing for them, but I couldn't always see exactly how it was going to play out. And so doing the lead product, I could see exactly what they needed. I could build the whole brand in my head and then present them sort of that mini version in the lead product review. And they got so excited about it. They could see my vision. It gave me that confidence that I could say, I'm not going to show up with a blank sheet of paper anymore. I could build this whole brand because I know exactly what you need. And that was all because of the lead product and it changed my confidence, it changed how I viewed things. And it also made the nose easier too because I knew that I was giving them everything and it was a fair price and I could see how it was going to work. And if that didn't work for them, that was okay. I love that, I love that. So it it got you like in alignment with integrity. Exactly. I love that. Okay, tell me a little bit about what you were upselling to them and and what your experience was with that, because I know you raised your prices pretty quickly. One of the things that I had struggled with in the past is I was doing the website, but I was asking my clients to bring me the content. So I would say, send me photos that you like, send me the copy, like the words on the website, because most of them you'd say, send me copy. And a lot of people were like, what is that? And I would say, oh, the words. And they would send me everything and I would then get it. And sometimes it was okay. Sometimes it was like not so great. And I would have to sort of tweak it because I knew if I didn't, their website wasn't going to have any success. And I wanted them to have success. So I would do more. So what I decided to do because I was doing the lead product and I felt like I knew my clients so well, I realized that I could do the copy and especially getting the feedback from the group and being in a group of people who were all selling similar services and they were charging a lot more than I was charging, some of them, it gave me the confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to offer everything that they need. If they need the copy, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to let them send me the same stock photos that are on every other person's website. I'm going to go out and find those stock photos because they're going to pay me to do that. And they're going to get such a high return on their investment because their website's going to look good with the right stock photos. And they're going to look good if I have to go out and upsell hiring a photographer to come in. I did that with a client and it was amazing. So did you, where did your prices start and what did they end up at? I mean, how have you increased them? 
percentage wise or, or number wise, whatever you're comfortable sharing. When I started, I was doing the brand strategy and the website separate. So I would sort of talk my clients into doing the brand strategy and they would pay me for it. And then at the end, I would deliver the brand and then I would say, okay, well now we should work together on the website. And then it was another price and I was trying to make that all work together and it wasn't working out super well. So my prices at this point, um, I almost doubled where I was at from the initial package. I, I almost doubled it because I'm now doing the copy. I'm now doing all the graphics. Right. I'm doing all that other stuff. And by packaging it together, it's a higher, it all hits at once but it works out much better for the client. And they know that they're getting everything that they need. And I'm not saying to them, okay, well, you need to go out and hire a copywriter. You need to go out and hire a photographer. You need to go out and hire this person or that person. Instead, it's just all taken care of. Because what I've learned is that if you go out and you individually hire all of these people and there's not one person coordinating it all, you end up with a mishmash of stuff that doesn't work. Totally. That's the Frankenstein brand. A little bit of this, a exactly. little bit of that. And in the on the flip side, you're offering a white glove service. You're offering something exactly. where you're taking care of it. That's expertise. That's being the advisor. That's being the authority. One of the things that happened is I did one of these sort of Frankenstein brands, I guess, with a client. And I used the same photographer. So I had him go off with the photographer and took the pictures, but he was in charge. So I gave my opinion. I said, this is where I would like the photos to be taken. This is the direction I'd like the brand to go in. And the client changed things at the last minute and called the photographer, changed the location, changed the way that the shoot was gonna go. And it ended up being fine, but it wasn't the brand that I had envisioned. And so now I've baked all of that into my prices. So I had another client, I used the exact same photographer, but this time I paid the photographer. When the client talked to the photographer, I was there and everything went through me. And so it ended up being so much more cohesive because it was exactly what I wanted. I was there for the photo shoot. I was able to say, hey, I need her off a little bit to the left because I need space on the right. I was able to say that and say, okay, this is the shot I need. I really need a picture of her on her cell phone. And we were able to get all of those shots because I was doing all of the directing And luckily, I have a great photographer and I've got great clients that were willing to work that way. And it just totally changed how I viewed all that because I will never, ever, ever send a client to a photographer again. I will always from now on say, I will hire the photographer and I will do the creative directing because it has to be cohesive with the brand. I love that so much. Yeah, and it's important. Even the best photographers, like they've got the things that they're paying attention to to do their great work. But they don't know what kind of photos you and they are notorious for cropping. (laughs) Then we have to add the space back in or like, hey, if you cut off part of their body, like I can't recreate that and I might need this longer or stuff. So I've had the same experience. It's it's great to have a working relationship with somebody who's like 
who's willing to respect that part of the process for you and and knows that you're respecting the part that they know is so great. Yeah, for sure. That's very cool and also makes it, you know, it's a totally different offer. It I is. I mean, you're you're delivering a totally different thing to your clients now. You're you're the bearer of their brand. You're you're understanding who they are. You're understanding what they really need. You're saying to them, hey, these are all the things that it needs to be. And I'm going to make sure you get that, not, okay, so here's a laundry list of stuff you got to figure out. Exactly. It's no, I'm not giving them a checklist anymore saying, I'm number four. You need to go check <laughs> right. off one through three before right. we can work together. It's not like that anymore. Now it's, no, no, no. You need all of these things but I'm going to take care of that for you. And oh yeah, by the way, I know your business really, really well right now. So I am the best person to direct other people. I also speak their language. It's what I did in corporate for years. I was always the go-between between these software developers that had their own language and then the client who wanted certain things and somebody had to translate. And I always did that translating so it's just lent itself into this and just naturally led in to this type of relationship where I say, okay, even if I'm not doing the logo, if I bring in a designer, I can tell the designer exactly what the designer needs to know. And I can do that without any sort of issue. My client can't, but I can. That is such an important point. I just want to highlight that. And that doesn't surprise me that that's kind of like a skill you already brought into the table. It's communication. <laughs> it's being able exactly. to speak the language of, yeah, a designer or whether that's somebody else or yourself. Because, you know, mm -hmm. as you know, like we've got a lot of creatives, a lot of designers in this program. And yep. it can be very easy to get swept up in the creative part of the process and just be focusing on, I want to make something amazing. And it's all, it's all well-intentioned, but it doesn't necessarily translate to what the client, where the client is, meeting them where they are, where they don't really understand that and don't have a way of communicating. I think communication breakdown is actually a big reason that oh, yeah. these projects go off the rails, that why they take months longer. It's like communication breakdown and it's it's hard to spot if you don't know if you're you don't know what to look for. Exactly. And I've gone down that road as a creative myself where I've been trying to fix this one thing and the pixels <laughs> just aren't right and you know, you spend hours doing it and then at the end of the day you turn around and you say, Is this any better than it was when I started today? Nope. Right, right. It's easy to get caught up in that, I think. And the intensive models certainly helped me to get over that quickly. Hey guys, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I would be grateful if you would share it with a friend who would benefit or better yet on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz. It really is the best way for others to find out about the show. And I thank you in advance for your help. All right, back to the episode. So before we talk about that, the, the model itself, I'm, I'm really curious. A lot of people that see my stuff and don't know much of the background, they're like, it's impossible that you are doing this in an intensive model and not sacrificing quality. 
basically. They're mm-hmm. like, you must be doing poor quality work and or just repeating the same thing over and over again and just selling the same website to everybody else. I'd love to get, because, you know, I have people like you that I'm working with who are all like overachieving excellence people. What's your perspective on on that, <laughs> whether you're sacrificing value or or how you see the value in, in terms of like using a model like this and, and adding value? So it sounds crazy when I tell people this, but what I have found is that the quality of my product has gone up and the value has gone up because when you work in this type of model, you don't have time. You you literally squeeze yourself for time and it forces you to prioritize. It is so easy to get lost in the details, and it's something that I used to do all the time. Rather than focus on the big things, I would focus on these little things. Is that photo exactly at the right ratio? And I would play with it for hours. And at the end of the day, that photo was close enough at the beginning And I could have taken that day and I could have worked on something else for my client and something that matters more. Exactly. Something that's at that higher priority level. It's something that I hate to go back to the pandemic, but the pandemic taught me a lot balancing being a home and having my kid around and trying to make a business work. And my husband started working from home and it was pure chaos in our house. And the only thing that got us through it was figuring out what the priorities were. What matters? What is the most important thing that's gonna get us the most for our time? And so that's what the intensive does. It forces you to take a step back and say, what is the best thing for the client? And it took the focus off of what I wanted and put it put the focus back on what the client needed. And it put that focus right back on, how can I get the most value for this client in this short amount of time? And what I found is the websites look better because sometimes I was over-designing them and I was trying to be extra perfect, and then they lost something along the way. And I will say, like, when we got into the intensives part of your program, you guys have so many tips and tricks for how to shorten the cycle and still have the work be amazing. And so just talking to, you know, Steve and seeing his process and not only that, but seeing how other people in the program apply their process, I learned so much from all these amazing people that are in the program and from you guys that the quality went way up and it was better than what I could have done on my own learning how to, you know, steal like an artist and learn how to do that type of stuff. Um, So it's really helped me a lot. That's so cool to hear. And just to be clear, like when we're talking about even cropping a photo, right, and like getting it perfect, something that we talk about often in the program, right, is like that design is subjective. So there's a difference. So even saying like it's good enough, it's like good enough for me personally, subjectively. It's actually great for the client either way. So do I spend? Yeah, the clients love it and it works for them. And so the strategy is that by 
reformulating the process or forcing the creative to focus on the client's needs and outcomes and goals and always be putting it through that lens and keeping the creative from getting lost on these tangential paths that it, even I don't, you know, I'm not a graphic designer, but sometimes I have to make stuff. I totally get lost in that stuff too, you know, oh, especially because yeah. I'm not a designer. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And now I'm like Googling <laughs> and it's like this thing does. And then I eventually I'm like, Steve, please make this for me. <laughs> like what a waste of time, right? So finding those things and that allows you to do the part that really matters, which is the designing of the actual brand, the positioning, the exactly. the, the the design decisions, the position, the messaging decisions, the website decisions that actually matter. And I think some people might think, well, why can't you do both? So I would ask you that, like, what, what would you say to that? Like, well, can't you focus on the client, do all that stuff and make it, quote, perfect? We know there's nothing, no such thing as perfect, but and make it perfect for you, too. Like, what do you think happens when you do both? I don't think it serves the client because for me to do that means that I need six months of intensive time with <laughs> right. a client. The client doesn't want that. They want their website yesterday. And at the end of the day, it doesn't serve them because, again, like I was over-engineering these websites. I was giving them more than what they needed, but they didn't get more results because it just wasn't what they needed at the time. So one of the things that I've been learning because of the clients that I've been working with is I had a client who came through and went through my process and turned around and said, I want what you have. I was like, excuse me? Like, I do branding and websites. And he was like, but I want what you have. And so I took a look at everything and I was like, yeah, if I don't focus intently on moving pixels around and I give him a great website maybe not perfect in my eyes, I can squeeze extra time out of this and I can give him a CRM system that's completely branded and totally custom to you. And I was like, I'm gonna try this and I'm gonna see how this goes. Well, I did that a couple months ago. I talked to him last week and he's like, people are complimenting me on my website. My website looks so much better than anybody else in my field. I love the CRM system. I'm learning how to use it. My clients are getting a great experience and he's doing phenomenal because I was able to give him that extra value by not taking six months and focusing on everything. And he's getting compliments all the time on his website. I'm sure it's beautiful. I've seen your work. It's amazing. Like that's the thing. It's like we uh, creative people get hung up on this perfection idea as if their idea of perfect is great. I mean, taste is subjective, right? <laughs> like I've seen oh, yeah. some people with some, let's just say, not my taste, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's actually, I think it's like, that's great for somebody, right? Yeah. And so the, the, the goal is really like, they're hiring you to do your thing. So do your thing exactly. and don't overcomplicate it. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your experience actually running an intensive. Um, obviously, it's quite different from how you were doing it originally because you're not coming into the day with a blank sheet of paper and letting the design, the client basically, I remember doing this like a long time ago when a client would stand behind you and be like, can you move it 
you know, in your hand, you're just yeah. like, oh my God, please just do it yourself. <laughs> like, I cannot be your hands right now. What is the, how different is the process now for you? So I was showing up with that blank sheet of paper and they were watching me build everything and we were making the decisions together and I would ask them, well, what do you think about this? And so I don't do that anymore, thanks to your program. So now when I show up, because of the lead product, because I have all the information that I need from them, I'm able to show up with 90, 95% of it done. And I know exactly what I need the client to focus on. I know exactly what decisions I need them to make. And because of the process, I'm able to lay all of that out for them at the beginning of the day. And I'm able to guide my clients much better because they're not watching me put things together. They see a finished product. They love it because now they can see the vision that I've had for them. Right. They don't have to read your mind. No, they're not. It's instead of me explaining things to them, I just show them. And I'm like, here you go. Look at your beautiful homepage. Okay, I have a question on this one thing. And what I found is that clients before, oh my gosh, I had one client, we argued over what color yellow to use for like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, I've totally been there. <laughs> and I don't do that anymore because now it's all in the framing. It's framed differently. And now if I get a client that says, I really don't like that kind of yellow, I can say, okay, great, let's change it. But here are the goals so we have to make sure that this is going to fit with that. And oh yeah, by the way, we're only going to do this if we've gotten past all the high priority stuff because we're taking a larger view of the whole thing. This is not, you know, random decisions. It all works together. So let's take care of the high priority stuff and then we'll go back to that color yellow and then we can change it. It's not a big deal but we have to get the other stuff done first. And every single client I've worked with using this method has been like, of course, naturally. I I don't fight over small decisions anymore because my clients understand that I know their brand and they trust me because of the process and they can see the vision so they get it. They understand why we're using that shade of yellow. I love it. I love it because you explain it to them because you show them why it's connected to what they want. Yeah. And it's less about the explanation. It's more about showing them the photos that are in there and how this yellow just picks up on those photos because I picked the photos this time around. Right. Exactly. Because you have control over the whole project. Exactly. Totally. Um, and what has it been like? Like, what do you see as the as the change in your clients' feelings at the end of the project. Like, I know, you you know, you've always done good work, but do you see any difference at the end of a, an intensive when it's finished versus at the end of a six or eight month project when it's finished? Absolutely. So my clients are having a better experience and I know this because they tell me. So I had a client that went through the six month experience and then did an intensive because her brand changed. And so it was a really unique experience. Yeah. And she was like, so the first time around was good, but the second time around was great because it was less of her time. She knew exactly what she was going to get. And she showed up and she was like, my website's done. Like it's, it looks amazing. She could see the whole thing. 
And we made small tweaks here or there. There were certain things that she was like, I feel really strongly about this word. Fine, we can change that word. It's not a big deal. But it's easier to change something that's already created. It's easier when you don't have that blank sheet of paper and you feel like, well, I need to just put paint up there and make it look like something. It already looks like something. And now you're working within the confines of that system and that brand and everything is laid out for you already. So she was so happy. And then she was so confident in her website. She was confident in it before because it looked good, but this time around we had done the copy, we had gotten the photographs taken. Everything just fit so well. We had redefined her target market. She was so much clearer on what she was doing that it it totally changed things and she was so much happier. And all my clients walk away Like, oh my gosh, this is the best experience I've ever had. Like, this is amazing. Thank you. Isn't that so fulfilling? Because you are like, oh, it's awesome. Yes. I'm so happy you're happy. And thank you. This is over. (laughs) Like, I got to do my thing and now it's over. Yay. It's great. (laughs) I don't do the recurring stuff anymore. I just find that it gets... It's too much on me. Again, I'm that introvert. I want to have my intense period with you. And then that's great. And there's still a relationship because- Yeah, totally. Because that's something people have said to me. They're like, well, can you really establish a relationship? Of course, we have a great relationship. And I still check in with my clients. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? You need anything else? Because there's always that opportunity to help them as their brands grow and change. There's always that opportunity there. But my clients just get such a great result from it now because they get exactly what they need. So they take off with it and they run with it and they get amazing results. And then that makes me happy. And plus, there's like such a high, right? Like they get to put it out there like when they're so excited about it. Like how many times have in the past have you done, like I remember a specific client, they were like, this guy fell off his chair. He was so excited about this logo. And then they didn't get to show it to anybody for about eight months because we had to wait until the whole thing was done. Yeah. Like, what a bummer. It is so frustrating as a client to just want to go public with yes. this. And the momentum is there. And if you can just take all that and say, I release you, go. It's great. <laughs> right. Put it out into the world. And, you know, I think there's a big mindset shift that people need to make around the idea that higher prices and value are tied to time. And if you're going to charge more, you have to show that you're going to do, quote, more work, which is what timelines are for. And you've managed to double your prices and shorten them significantly. Was that like a, a challenge for you? Were you ready to do that? It's a great question. I think I was ready to do it because I had spent six months. And the difference is I had multiple clients because I had to to work in that six month span where my prices were at because I wasn't doing everything, I had to take on multiple clients and to jump from one website to another website, things would get crossed in my brain. It was really difficult. And so now because I focus on one client at a time and I can do that with the intensive method because it's just, it's a month. So, it really helped me say, no, 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 I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just thinking about you and I'm getting your stuff done. And without that shift, 
and that mental time, it was a huge game changer. And this is something that I always took with me from that software engineering world where me and all the other developers would always say, like, we're building complex things in our head with gears and any interruption, it's like everything just scatters. And then you have to take like almost a half hour to build it back up just to get to where you were before the disruption. And I find that with brands too, and with building websites at the same time, like you build this complex model in your head, and then anytime you have to switch to another client, it just, everything goes everywhere and you have to build it back up. And so I save time on my for myself. That's not on the client. The client shouldn't have to deal with that. That's never of any value to them my own productivity. Yeah, that's such a great point. I I do see a lot of people, it's like they're valuing, well, the client's paying me more and this is taking me a lot of time. But how much of that time is, to your point, like trying to get back into it, like switching gears, like, okay, let me remind myself about where I was with the creative process of this. Like how much time are we wasting but it's really easy to see, well, I spent so many hours on this. It's like, well, how many hours of that was actually the juicy stuff that matters for the client? How many hours of it was kind of like trying to do it or, you know, futzing around? Exactly. With pixels. (laughs) And then, I mean, once you do it once and you take a look at it, you're like, oh, this makes so much more sense. It's hard to do the first time, which is why you need that attitude of, I'm just going to go all in and do everything I'm told to do because... (laughs) I can just trust the process. Um, And if you can do that once, then every other time, it just gets easier and easier. Well, you build that confidence, which this is the only way. And that's what I loved about how you jumped in. It's like, you're right, like those first few LPs, like those first few intensives, you're a little bit fish out of water. But if you just do them, then you'll build that confidence and then you'll be smooth sailing. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about your your plans for next year, because I really love how you've taken this by the reins and are thinking about your next year in terms of your schedule. My husband is an accountant who does not do taxes, which is fun, um, but he ends up going through quarter ends. So they close the books for a big corporate insurance company and He works insane hours, and there is no way that he could be the default parent those months. And it's something that we've struggled with because I've had intensives going on. I've had client work going on. And because of the way that the world is now, daycare could shut down for a week at any point in time. And we've had to sort of figure this out. And so this process has actually let me take a look at things to say, how do I want this to work? And again, introvert, I get burned out working with a lot of clients back to back. I did it this year, I got burned out bad. And I looked at next year and I said, wait a minute, I can make this work. I can take off the months. Well, it's not really off, but I don't have to do client work those months. I can take on smaller projects. I could do lead products. I can do other things. I can work on my own business those months where if I need to become the default parent, I'm not rearranging calls, I'm not rearranging schedules, I'm not jeopardizing a huge project and putting that on my client. It only affects me. And because of that, I figured out I could take 
like four months, not off, but four months without working on client projects and still meet my goals for the year, which is fantastic. That's amazing. And that is truly designing your life, designing your business to work for your life instead of like living your life around your business. And the amazing thing too is it helps me with my clients because I don't have to say to my clients, well, you know, if daycare gets closed down, right. we might have to move this. I have complete confidence and nope, we're working together in August. There is no way we are not working together in August because as long as, luckily with my husband's job, like as long as he's not on a quarter end, if he needs to pitch in with childcare, he can do that. It's not a big deal. That's so brilliant. I love that. And I love that you really took that by the reins too, because it's there for people, but you have to trust it and you have to like plan it in advance. You do. You have to think through. We've taken the lessons that we've learned over the last almost two years now. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But we've taken those lessons and said, okay, I can't change the situation that's happening out there, but I can change how we react to it. So what do I need to do in my business to get us to that point? And this has definitely helped me. I don't think I could have done that if I wasn't using this business model. I'm so proud of you, Jennifer. That's awesome. Okay. I want to hear a little bit about the positioning of your brand and where you've landed because we went through quite a journey looking because in authority, we find your big idea. And, you know, it's really, it's really a a branding exercise, but thinking about like, Mm -hmm. what is it that you have? And it's, isn't it incredible? There's so many people in this program and everyone delivers the same like base services, but everyone's got a different brand and and thing going on. It's amazing to me. (laughs) I've learned so much from the other people in the program. It's, it makes the program, you know, it just gives it that extra something that I didn't get in other programs because they were all coaches or they were doing something totally different, like bookkeeping. And I couldn't relate to that. And so being able to say to somebody like, oh yeah, you do kind of like almost the same thing as me, but in a totally different way. And we're both successful at it. It's a really great exercise, I think, to see like, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. You can be you and still do your own thing. And I struggled with the big idea. I was not sure what made me so different than everybody else. And it was something that it took a lot. It took a lot, um, as you know. Yes. A lot of soul searching and to finally be able to say, well, this is my big idea and oh yeah, it fits. Everything that we did built to this one thing. Everything I've ever done has built up to this one thing, which is pretty incredible. It was so fun to watch you and also like as a group, and that's kind of part of it too, right? It's like, we're all looking at you going like, Jennifer, we all have a brand for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yes, you've got a very distinct brand in this <laughs> program. Yes. So it was like us saying that to you and you being like, I know it's right there. And then like actually being able to formulate it, which is easier said than done. Well, tell us who you work with and how you how you help them. I work with service providers. And this is something I have learned that service providers need very specific things in their branding and in their websites even. And so I have niched down to those people. And the other thing that all of my clients have in common 
is that something about the process of branding themselves or the process of building out a website is really intimidating. And I get that because there's a lot of stuff out there that is very intimidating to me as a business owner. And what I have learned is that sometimes you need someone that's gonna hold your hand and help you through it, and I've been very fortunate, and that you can unintimidate it. I found out that's a word. That is a word, (laughs) you can look it up in the dictionary. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and so I help unintimidate this process of coming up with what makes you special, what makes you different, and how do we communicate that to the world and specifically to the people that we want to work with. And do you still do, in addition to the websites and stuff, the CRM thing that you did for this client? Is that part of it? So that's one of the things that I have now incorporated and it's now in my toolbox that I can take this because I think a lot of people think of the tech as being very separate from their brand. And they think, okay, like I've got my brand and I'll just do the default tech stuff and whatever. And what I've found is that if you can take your brand and apply it to your tech, it just like explodes everything kind of out and it really makes a big impact and it makes a big difference for the clients. And I have the skill set as a software engineer, as someone who's always been in this tech industry, I have the skill set to do that. And so it's just taking a little bit of my background and saying, okay, I'm going to kind of marry the two. And it's done wonders for the first client that I did it with. It's done wonders for the second client that I did it with. And I know it'll do wonders for the next client that I do it with. Yeah. It's like you you unintimidate the process and you also unintimidate the tech process, which exactly. is something that, you know, in the group, Jennifer is always the one who's like, I got the tech solution for you. <laughs> We're oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Jennifer knows the systems and all of that. That's her engineering background. It's a perfect uh, marriage with branding and websites because everybody needs that other stuff. And it's something that almost nobody else because most people don't have that engineering background, are able to deliver. So it's such a great great space for you to live in. Um, Yeah, so that's what I found. It's it's all about looking at your ideal clients and saying, what do they need? And can I give that to them? That's a perfect note to end on. What do my clients need? (laughs) And how can I solve their problem? Seems so simple, but it's like a question you can ask yourself again and again and again. Jennifer, it's been such a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure watching you just blossom. I love your approach to business and life and just taking it by the reins. And it's why you've been so successful thus far and will continue to shine. I know it. And uh, just so grateful to have you in my world. Well, thank you. I am very grateful to you and everybody else in the No BS program because it has changed my business for the better. And it's been amazing. I've been so blessed to be a part of it. So thank you. So Jennifer, where can people find out more about you and get all this juicy knowledge from your brain? So if this is something that you want to learn more about, you want to learn more about me, what I do, I have a brand new podcast. It's called Fear Less, Brand More, and you can find it on all major podcast players. 
Fearless Brand More. And that's totally your brand. I'm so proud of you for launching your podcast and building Thank your you. authority with it. Amazing. Everybody go listen to it and give it five stars and give it a review because that's the nicest thing you can do uh, for anybody who's starting their podcast. Um, awesome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 